Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Quickie Podcast. Today, I'm not your host, but I wanted to share an episode from the Quickie Podcast with you. A while back, I was interviewed on the Quickie Podcast with Dave Hopkins. I interviewed Dave last week and thought this would be a great way for you to get to know Dave's show, as well as a great way for you to learn more about me. So enjoy today's episode, and if you want to check out more of Dave's episodes, be sure to check out his show at the link in the podcast notes below. Also, be sure to check out his challenge through the Print Design Academy in the podcast notes below. But without further ado, enjoy my interview on the Quickie Podcast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 184 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. Thank you so much for being here. New episode today, so I gotta read a new review today. This review comes to us from Royce Design. Subject of this review is High Five to Dave Hopkins. That's me. This guy right here. This review says, Excellent perspectives on design. These are nice, quick listens into voices of the industry and craft. It's refreshing to hear stories of processes and experiences out in the field. Thanks for the casts, Dave. Royce Design, thank you so much for leaving that review today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time listening, and I appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. So today's guest, today's guest is Michael Tumlin. He's a freelance graphic designer and podcaster out of Orlando, Florida. During this episode, we talk about how he grew up in a creative family and how he originally was really interested actually in marketing rather than the design side. He tells us about the band that he was designing fan art for and what that actually led to. We talk about the creative that has been heavily influencing him during his career. We talk about the packaging design for a school project he created and what that meant to him. We talk about the wall that hit him in the face. I'll just leave that there. We also talk about taking projects even though your gut is screaming, nope, don't do it, nope. He then tells us about the creatively brief podcast that he runs and where the idea came from and what it is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, I really enjoyed this chat with Michael. He's a good dude. He's got some fun things coming and uh, I like what he had to say and I think you will too. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Michael Tumlin. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Michael Tumlin, welcome to the Quickie Podcast, sir. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm doing terrific. How's your day in sunny Orlando, Florida? Oh, it's going great. It's a breezy, like 80-something degrees outside. I'm feeling good. Sweet. So right now in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada here, it is minus 20 Celsius, which is about minus 4 Fahrenheit for you. That's rough. And uh, that's with the wind chill. Just a bit of an Arctic flow, they're saying right now. No. Way too cold for me. Count me out. Yeah, I'm a tropical (laughs) person, Michael. I don't like this. (laughs) So before I get rocking, are you ready for a quickie? Oh, I'm ready. Let's get it. Terrific. So let's start with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. 
So my name is Michael Tumlin. Uh, I'm a freelance graphic designer, um, and I, I work in a lot of different areas. My main focus is I have a passion project I do where I post a lot of very minimal geometric designs, um, and then I primarily focus on layout design, and I've lately been getting into packaging quite a bit. Ooh, I like the sounds of that. I want to dive into that yeah. a little bit here. Okay. Um, so freelance designer, how long have you been at that for? <sighs> That's been three or four years. Nice. I, I'm still, I'm young in the design field, but um, yeah, a few years now. Awesome. So before diving into freelance, mm-hmm. were you doing the studio thing? Did you do the, you know, the in-house thing? What's your trajectory there? Um, I was actually, so before that I was just doing school. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in, you know, high school and all that. Um, and I actually started from more of a video background. So when I got started in like Adobe products, it was for video production. Nice. And so I still do a good bit of that, but I've kind of like branched over more to the design side of things. Nice. Yeah. So you graduated school and decided to take all of the beatings that come with learning the design world all on your own in freelance. Well, so at the moment I'm still in college, so it's like freelance while doing that. So that's why it's not like full time. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm learning, but yes, beatings is a good word. There's definitely been a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a big learning curve. There's a lot to figure out. I love it. I love hearing yeah. you know, some of the stories from the early days and things like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to dive back a little bit here, Michael, and I want to okay. hear about your childhood. What was that like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this career path? I think yes, but not in the traditional sense. So kind of. Uh, my family, when I was growing up, um, you know, my sister, brother, and my dad all like to draw a lot, mm-hmm. right? And so I was always kind of around that, but that was also never really like my forte. Mm-hmm. It still isn't. I'm not big on, you know, drawing, sketching, things like that. Um, but so I grew up kind of in that atmosphere. My sister does, she's got her own photography business oh, and cool. uh, she also does fine art professionally. Um, so she's definitely very much that like very traditional slanted uh, uh, creative field. Um, but so I, I grew up with that around me, but then, um, my parents also owned their own business. So they did, it was a construction business and my mom focused on the marketing of that, which it wasn't until I was reading through these questions and kind of thinking about it that I realized I've always been really interested in marketing, advertising and all that. And and I have to think that's gotta, it came from her, you know? Um, so she's, yeah, so it was the creative environment in, in that sense. And then also, you know, the marketing side of things there, um, and then also growing up, I was really, really interested in math. Um, oh, I man. still am. Count me out of that. I, I feel like I'm <laughs> the only one. Every time I tell people that, it's the same response. But yeah. uh, algebra, that's my thing, man. I love Jeez. it. Um, I went up to Calc in high school. And, and then now looking at my stuff, um, I'm very much grid-oriented, very structure. I like to have everything nice and neat. So uh, I'm not as far on the uh, illustrative side of things. Okay. So I went to go to – back. To, I went – I like it was mandatory to do math up to grade 10. No, sorry, right. math, math 11. You could do math 11. But for right. grade 12 out here, it was optional. You didn't have to do math 12. Right. So I was like, geez, I'm going to opt out of that as soon as I can. So I opted out of it and then graduated. And when I finished, I'm like, I'm going to get into business. I want to go into business. Yeah. And one of the prerequisites of getting into business was math 12. <laughs> Damn it. So I went to night school to pick up yeah. math 12 just to get that checked off the list so I could join this business degree program. Right. And I think it was a total of like 12 classes. And at class four, the teacher pulled me into the hallway and said, okay, so 
unless you get 98% on every assignment here on out, um, you will end up with an F. Oh, so you can you can have an F on your transcript and you can continue on or you can leave now and you get an I, which is not as bad as an F and it's just like an incomplete. Right. All right. So I texted my girlfriend from the hallway. I said, come on back and get me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. I, never, funny. I didn't take it. Just math was not not for me. But yeah. Yeah. OK. So did you. So your parents are, you come from a family of creatives, your sister's doing creative things, your mom's on the marketing right. side, your dad's drawing. Um, you get a little bit of this business twist in there because your parents right. are both entrepreneurial and doing that, uh, running that business. What do you, what pointed you to go to school for design to get into that? So I remember I had always wanted to be, so I always wanted to be a contractor, right? Mm-hmm. That's what my dad did. I was like, I'm going to go yeah. do that. Then I was like, I don't know. I don't know that that's quite like, it's a little bit hands-on for me. I'm not the type to like, you know, drive pickup trucks and do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, maybe architecture, that's kind of a blend of, you know, art, but also still that construction focused side. Um, and so I decided to do that. And then I changed my mind again and said, nah, like I like math, but that's too much. I don't want to do that daily. So after that, then I thought, well, graphic design, um, you know, maybe, maybe that could be cool. And so it was, trying to think I would have been probably 16 years old. My parents got me a laptop and for Christmas I got the Adobe suite. Uh And this was like, other than the video production, which was like, you know, premiere and all that, this was my first introduction. And at the time I was a really big 21 pilots fan. This was like before they got really big. Um, and I don't know how much you know them, but like they have a really strong, uh, uh, fan base that does a lot of like artistic things. So, when I got started, I kind of, I, I started, you know, designing stuff for them weekly. And that was kind of my introduction to social media as well as graphic design. Wait, um, wait, sir, just hold on a second. You got, were you like, was this on an official capacity? You're doing things no, for no, the no. band? Okay. Okay. You're just doing yeah, creative yeah, yeah, no. based around their, right. got it. Okay. Right. So I would just, it was like fan art kind of stuff. Got it. Got um, it. Okay. I wish I was working officially with them. If they're listening, hit a guy up. I'd love to. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, yeah, so it was like fan art stuff. Um, but I got relatively, I mean, it was a good following. So when, you know, Florida shows would come up, I would have posters that I made and I'd get pictures with a whole group of the people holding them. They'd come up and be like, Oh, are you the, the Florida click guy? I'm like, yeah, what's up? And you know, I'd meet people. So that was cool. It was a really good experience. Um, but that's kind of what got me there a couple design classes along the way. Um, in middle school, there was a, it was basically an intro to GIMP is what it was. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. With that. Yeah. And it was just like learning how to use the quick selection tool. Um, then I got to high school and I was actually the last year that they had the design class there. Um, and that one was more in design. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm trying to think back that far. Um, but it was a lot, it was like word clouds mm-hmm. and stuff. So still not anything crazy. So it wasn't really, a lot of it was self-taught until I got to college and then college, um, you know, now I'm, I'm kind of diving deeper into more of the conceptual stuff as opposed to just, you know, the software of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what year are you currently in right now for, of college? I'm a senior. This is my last, um, last semester in the design program. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're almost there, man. Good for you. Almost, almost. I'm getting a minor though. So, you know, add an extra year and a half. I, I don't know. I, I have forever to get out. you are here forever perfect (laughs) so you know it's interesting and i think you kind of already answered this one you know giving a bit of the story and what you know doing that design and fan art 
led you to you've just kind of been like dancing around design a little bit experimenting and trying some different Mm -hmm. things not really taking it on in an official capacity until fairly recently right um and would it be that band art and things that you were creating that was really influential to you to really get into this a hundred percent i think so Mm because i remember seeing um you know i found the music and i really liked it um but then i started to kind of dive deeper and they do you know fan art friday and stuff and so every friday i was seeing all these people making stuff and i was like well what's gonna stop me from making it i should make it totally um so you know that i think that's definitely i think that got my foot in the door and kind of planted the idea in my head that you know maybe this is something i want to pursue more than just you know for fan art sake you know Mm -hmm. um so definitely that um also though I, i guess this would be more recent so not as much what got me into it but what influences me now is Mm -hmm. um Josef Mueller Brockman sure you know his work that guy let me tell you I so I knew the name kind of but didn't really know a lot about his work but then then in the last year or so you know I was introduced to it and I started researching um and this guy's stuff is just crazy so um as far as stuff that is a little bit more influential now that would definitely be that's it Totally. That's awesome one. Yeah, definitely yeah. a name that uh, that I've heard before tossed around. Yeah. And um, it's an important, I would say an important creative to a number of different designers and design styles and lessons and things like that. So yeah. Um, Michael, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow? And what is it about them that you like? So this was a really tough one. This I, I was looking yeah. at this question for a while, trying to think about it. Um, so I'm going to start with the brand. Um, it feels feels like, I guess, low-hanging fruit. I feel like this is, quote, cop-out answer kind of, but Apple, honestly. I feel like their branding is just on point. Um, and I'm one of those guys. I used to upgrade my phone all the time, not so much now, mm-hmm. um, but, but I – I, you know, when they have their events where they're releasing new software and all that, you know, I'm the guy watching that. I, I mm-hmm. took off math class early in my college and came home to watch it with my brother with like a whole bunch of snacks. <laughs> it was like an event. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Um, yeah. And uh, so I'm a, I, I love their stuff. I love their mm-hmm. advertising because I feel like, like everything that they do is so consumer focused, right? And every ad that you see, it's always about even if it's a little bit heavier, if it's talking about, you know, making a difference, it's always getting back to the good that can come from what you're doing. And I think that's really powerful in advertising. Mm-hmm. So for me, as far as brands go, like, that's it. You know, it's funny you say um, that because I usually miss the live um, Apple events. I usually yeah. miss them live. But as soon as I come home, I stream it to my Apple TV and I'm like, I'm locked in watching it. And there's like yeah. chaos and dinner and stuff going on behind me. But I'm I'm locked in on Apple Apple press release or Apple event days. I'm locked in. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I got a question for you then. We're going to change mm-hmm. the script real quick. I'm going to yeah. interview you for a second. So do you do you get all the betas on your phone too? I do not. I did once okay. Okay. and it was an iffy experience. And okay. because of my job and the number of things that I do, I right. rely on my phone like so much. Yeah, that's so, and not just for social media or things like that, like for actual work, like talking right. to clients, actual work. And right. if something's going sideways with that and causes me to miss a deadline, miss something, you know, I just, I don't know, I didn't want to get into that game. That's fair. That's I did it for a little 100%. while. But if I wasn't so work heavy on my phone and it was more just personal use or, or right. like quickie podcast use or something like that, I would definitely dabble in beta. 
Okay. I, I do it pretty much every time around, and it's it's great. It, I, you're right. It's questionable. They're yeah. always a little bit rough, but I love having, like, dark mode, you know, months before everyone else and everybody, you know, what's up with yeah. your phone? Oh, it's Whoa, no how'd you get that? What's Yeah, for sure. Exactly, exactly. You know, that yeah. feeling that you're talking about is how I felt, and it's so funny because this is pretty recent too. Um, have you seen the Tesla Cybertruck? Yeah. What do you think? Um... I love what Tesla's doing, but I think that's a pretty ugly truck. <laughs> <laughs> See, the fact that it is so visually stunning, whether yeah. that's a negative or a positive, yeah, is what makes me love it. Yeah, that's true. I love it. And thinking of that massive beast flying down the road, like going to zero to 60, the same, like, speed as a Corvette or something like yeah, that yeah, in yeah. that huge tank of a truck. Yeah. That's fantastic to me. I put my deposit down. Hell yeah. I'm in line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so that same feeling is where is, yeah. uh, you know, I'm first. So I do right. that with some things, but just with, right. the, with the Apple device, it's work. And I, I just don't want to mess with that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. I got off topic. Sorry for yeah, No, it's all good, but, man. You're asking but, very important questions here. So, so, Getting back to the to the question you asked, so Apple is the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Designers, um, so Chris Doe is a biggie. Mm-hmm. I love all of the information that he gives people, and especially the fact that it's free. Um, I got to go to Creative South last year, and I saw him speak for the keynote. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like I feel like every time he drops a video or anything, it's just it. I feel like it's always one of those. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Yep. Um, so love him. Um, and then Jeffrey Thielen is another one that I definitely want to mention. Um, and he goes by Taylene on Instagram. That's T-E-Y-L-E-E-N. Um, I recommend everybody check him out. He's an amazing designer. And so he's been posting now. I don't know how long. He posts daily on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually he was one of the biggest influences in me starting my, um, my, my Instagram account, the way that I have now my sort of like passion project account mm-hmm. with the minimal designs and everything. Um, but he, he posts every day. I don't know how he does it. I could not possibly keep up with it. Um, but, and he's always coming up with new different like kind of styles and ideas. And I'm pretty sure, um, he's all iPhone too, which just blows my mind, like iPhone, iPad, all that. So it's like mm-hmm. mixtures and apps like that. Um, so he's been a very big influence, especially in like my, my passion project and my personal design work. That's cool. That's a great one. And one I haven't heard before. So I'm definitely going to have to check Jeffrey's stuff out. Yeah. Um, all right, Michael, earlier on in the podcast, when you sort of introduced yourself that you've been getting into packaging design. So I'm excited to talk about this next one because print and packaging is really important to me, really close to my heart. Yeah. Um, I want to hear about how you've been utilizing print and packaging in your design career so far and any stories or recent projects that you can tell us about. Yeah. So the most recent one and the one that I was referencing in the intro, um, it was a school project and so it was Mm -hmm. a fictional company, but it was for, so I, I basically branded the company and then I had to come up with packaging design for it. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a company called Statera, and it focuses. It's an herbal supplement brand mm-hmm. that is focused on helping relieve stress and anxiety. Okay. So 
I feel like, you know, everybody talks about how anxiety is higher than ever nowadays and, you know, social media is causing this and that and all that. Um, and so this was one that, and especially because I do so much of my work through social media, um, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, in the numbers of things, you know, I'm not performing on Instagram as well as this person is and the comparing and everything. Um, so I, and I take the products myself. So it's, it's like ashwagandha, which is a root, um, theanine is an amino acid and they just kind of help slow down your head a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did that. That was my brand that I chose for this project. Um, and it was my first experience doing like a full fledged packaging design. Um, and I just feel like I learned so much. So through, did you, through the process. did you create the dye line for this as well? Um, yes and no. I copied a, a dye line from a box I had. Mm -hmm. So I, I did, but it was like off based off that one. Yeah. Um, but there were some adjustments to be made for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you go through the comp process and start folding stuff and realize this doesn't fit quite right. For sure, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I went through that whole process and just like it, it was a two-ish two month process uh, mm -hmm. to from start to finish. Um, and I think I changed my concept like easily two or three times, like just like fully like switched gears and went a whole different direction. Um, so I, I think that's been the most interesting and definitely the most beneficial because I just feel like I've learned so much mm -hmm. in the process of it. So compared to branding design, logo design, right. that sort of thing, where does packaging design rate for you? Funny enough, logo design is, I think, one of my lower tiers. Mm -hmm. I thought I would like it a lot, and I started doing it. And it's, I like it. I think it, it just has to be the right client. I think packaging sits definitely above that. I think that would be second because I think layout design would be number one for mm -hmm. me. So I was going to say too with packaging that's that or not packaging but um print mm -hmm. that's another reason is cuz I do a lot of layout so I, I like to do like booklets and things like that so print always comes in with that kind of project. Yeah, that's awesome man. Very yeah. cool. I love that. You know, even having the opportunity to create a faux brand. And right. um you know, I've been around some stuff where we've created fake, you know, faux distillery brands and right. created full custom, you know, high-end spirit boxes and tubes and things like that. And it's pretty damn cool. Yeah, Love. for sure. All right, Michael, you've had, uh, you know, a few years in the design game right now. And the next few questions yep. I have for you are going to dig up some of the tough stuff. I can promise okay. you there's going to be more tough stuff coming your way, just like <laughs> I tell everyone. But uh, I want to hear some of the stories about the stuff you've been through recently. Um, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far or challenging period of time? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? So I think for sure the first thing like immediately that comes into my head um, is just college in general. So I went from high school, like I said, I was kind of like, you know, sophomore year. So I was getting into design. So mm -hmm. I kind of became known as the design guy around my school. Somebody needed a T-shirt for a club or something like that. They would come talk to me, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so then I get to college and I'm really excited. And, you know, I pass the portfolio review, get into the program um, and everything's, everything's cool. I'm vibing. It hasn't been too difficult so far. Um, and then it like hit me like a wall. It was, it, it was <laughs> tough being in there. I think because I was filled with a whole bunch of people that were just like me, they were like the design person. And so it was kind of like adjusting to the fact that, you know, here I thought I was this like, you know, really special talent and all this stuff. And then it's like, well, here's a room full of, you know, 50 other people exactly like me. So I think it was, it was definitely difficult transitioning from from 
feeling like I was like really far ahead to all of a sudden I was back even with everybody and kind of having to gain my footing again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. All of a sudden you're surrounded by a number of people who are all sort of battling it out for a top position or, you know, battling it out to have the best stuff or come out with the top grades, you know, definitely a, a different perspective than being the creative guy in high school. Yeah, definitely. It, it was good though. I think I definitely, it's taught me a lot about how to take criticism. Um, mm-hmm. that was a biggie, uh, I guess like growing tough skin, you know, I've, I've become a lot more receptive to that. Um, and just understanding, you know, if somebody, somebody has a critique of my design, that doesn't mean that it's a bad design. That just means, you know, there's some tweaking to still be done. Mm-hmm. So kind of, kind of adjusting to that kind of workflow and, and kind of revising stuff for sure. And there's a balance with that though, because just because somebody has a critique of the design, you know, if it's coming from an instructor with a ton of experience and there's a logical explanation on that critique, that's one thing. But another student who just doesn't care about, you know, stress pills, um, their critique of the design is like, well, you're not the target market anyways. So, right. Right. For sure. There's definitely a balance in understanding if it's a professional critique and, and is helpful or if it's just advice from somebody who's not the target audience anyways. Right, definitely. Right. All right, so now I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. I want to hear about a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Can you take us to that story? What was that like? How did that feel? Yeah, for sure. So um, this one was not too long ago. It was Mm -hmm. in the past year or two. Um, I was working with uh, a a band. It was a group, and um, they wanted some album work done. Okay. and as I mentioned, I started with 21 Pilots, sort of a little tangent, but um, a lot of the people that come to me asking for design work through my Instagram are musicians, which mm-hmm. is really cool because it kind of comes full circle. Nice. Um, but that's all I have. Anyway, so this freelance client. So they came to me and they were asking for, they had a very specific vision for the project, which I think can go one of two ways. You know, it can either be really good because they know what they want or it can be bad because they know exactly what they want. And until you give them exactly <laughs> that, you know, they're not happy with it. Yes. So, and, and this one was a little bit out of my range. I mentioned before, I'm not super illustrative. Um, I'm definitely more of that minimal style. And so they came to me and what they were asking for was more on the illustrative side or like compositing image, kind of putting a lot of elements together. Okay. And I remember thinking to myself, this isn't exactly what I do. And I even, I, I had a conversation it was with my mom. I was like, I, I don't know if I should take this or not. You know what I'm saying? And and I remember telling her, this isn't what I do, but I feel like I should just do it. So I did it. I take the job. I agree to it and everything. And it was just like pulling teeth the entire time because every time I sent them something, they were always like, this isn't quite what I want. You know, can you try this? Can you? And they were like art directing the entire process. It was never you know, see, Mm -hmm. let's see what you can do. And then at the end they say, you know, maybe just try designing something you would design. So I do it. And at this point I'm frustrated with the process. I'm like, this has not gone how I wanted it to be. It should have been a quick, you know, one month tops kind of job. And I think I was working on it for two, three, four months. It took forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I end up doing my own kind of design and send it over. They were like, yeah, sure. That's fine. They approve it. Um, And to this day, I don't believe they have ever used it. Was it Was this a pay job? It was, yeah. Any issues with pay or anything like that too? No, they were very fair with it. Um, and they were never like mean or, or rude or anything. They were always very open to what I had to say about stuff. So they were a good client in that sense. I just think mm-hmm. it was a, a difference in opinion of how, how the design should have looked. So what did you learn from this? 
Um, I learned that if my gut is telling me that I don't do that kind of work, I should just trust it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think too e- too many times it's easy to get caught up in, yeah, but you know that's some money. I, I could do this and that with it, which is great. But at the same time, you know, I, I want to take work that I can accomplish properly because I never want to leave the client feeling like you know I wish he had done a better job on this. I always want to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. No, nope, yeah. I hear you there. Yeah, um, Michael, what's something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Um, I think learning to put more emphasis on the beginning of the process of design. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely more of a digital person. And a lot of times I like to jump directly into illustrator, InDesign, whatever it is, and just kind of start going on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I know that over, you know, the last couple of years I've learned how important sketching and making thumbnails is. Um, and yet every time I get new projects, I want to skip past it. So I think, learning to not only learning to do that more and, and but like to enjoy the process you know I guess because I there's some jobs that I'll, I'll just do it and it just feels nice I go from start to finish doing it the way that it should be done and I feel like those are always like the best projects mm-hmm. yeah yep I hear you there okay I'm gonna turn this bus around okay pull you out of the ditch a little bit um cool. Michael, I want you to tell me now about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. Okay. So this uh, is another band. Like I said, I get mostly bands, uh, which is pretty cool. But this one was a logo job for a band, and it was uh, it's Fox Keeper Music. If anybody wants to check them out, they got some dope music. So I, I 10 out of 10 recommend. Awesome. Um, so I made this logo for them, and the whole process – It just, this was one of the ones, like I was saying, I started out with sketches and I said to myself, you know, don't jump right in, take these first couple days and just kind of see what ideas pop into your head. Um, and so I kind of had a conversation with them about, you know, what are the goals of, of the logo? What do you want to do? What is kind of like the central message of the band? And they really emphasized one, they have, you know, Fox keeper. It's clearly, you know, the Fox motif. So I already kind of had it in my head. I wanted to use that. Um, and then they talked about, uh, uh, how important their audience was. So they wanted, they wanted it to connect with the audience. Um, and so I looked at the logo and I kind of started sketching some things and I was using this kind of like, it was a V sort of shape Uh to, to kind of be like an abstract Fox head. So that was kind of the thought on that. Um, and I wanted to kind of dive deeper into the audience, but I couldn't figure out like, well, how am I going to make this connect with them? Uh And then I had the idea. Um, and it was, it's, 21 Pilots does a similar thing. So they've got their logo and you can um, type their logo using the keyboard on your phone. It's just like, it's a pared down version, but you it's a you know straight line dash and a backslash um, or forward slash. I never know which is which. Um, and so with this, I was like, you know, maybe that's a cool way to kind of include the audience. So I, I decided, you know, let me pitch this and just see what happens. So I pitched it to them and they agreed to it. And then when they posted the logo and posted, you know, from then on, they started signing their things with that sort of it's yeah. two slashes to make up their logo. And I think that was it was really fun because it like it let me do more of like the I guess that's like advertising side. So not necessarily strictly designed, but still kind of creative. Um, and then just in general, they were great clients to work with. I sent them one version. They had one revision and they were like, I'm good with this. I like it. So it was just real smooth from start to finish. I, I loved that project. Oh, that's awesome. Because then, yeah. you know, and that almost ties into that marketing side that you said you really liked yeah. as well, right? Yeah. How do you connect with the fan base? Right, for sure. I like it, man. Well, Michael, what is one design 
product, tool, website, or a community that you just can't live without? This is a tough one. This is tough to pare it down to one. I have a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I would have to say uh, the Orlando design community. I think we've got a really awesome group of people down here nice. um, that are just they're incredibly passionate about design. Um, they're very, very supportive. Any events I go to, um, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm young compared to them and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm still in school. Um, but you know, when I, when I talk to them, everybody, they're so willing to talk to you and give you their advice and their thoughts on this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think, you know, in general, being plugged in with that group is, is awesome. It's been great getting to meet everybody. Plus we have, you know, mama sauce, real thread, a whole bunch of those places down here that are really cool. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely that. Awesome. Okay, Michael. Before I get into the ask it forward question, I'm just going to okay. let it linger and f- let you linger in fear a little bit just before I get to that one. <laughs> That's mean. I don't like it. <laughs> I want you to tell me about the Creatively Brief podcast and where that came from. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I've wanted to start a podcast for a long time. It's always kind of been in my head. You know, there's a lot of podcasts that are design and then you have Chris Doe kind of doing this like design and advertising, but I feel like he focuses more on advertising and kind of the marketing and business side of things. Mm-hmm. So the goal in Creatively Brief is to kind of get a nice hybrid between the two. Um, I, I want to I wanna have equal parts advertising discussion as much as design discussion or really, and, and really not even just those two fields. Um, I recorded an episode earlier today actually with um, my sister. She's a photographer. So I, I want to talk about photography, videography, like everything creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea, it came up, I listen to podcasts nonstop, like mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and, and like I said, I started in video in the design world, right? So I guess it's not design, but the creative world. Um, mm-hmm. And that was doing, it was new stuff back in high school. So I, my girlfriend is an advertising and public relations major. She's always been more journalism and like that side slanted. So I've always kind of had this influence that way. Um, and I love, I love talking to people. I love getting to meet people. Everybody's got, you know, such interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you never really know what you're going to learn from someone. So I think just all those things together just kind of led to, you know, 2020 is the year that I'm going to officially, you know, start, start the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm loving it so far. It's only just a couple of weeks in, but I, I've loved every second of it. Okay. So where can people find the creatively brief podcast? Uh, so you can find us on Instagram at creatively brief, mm-hmm. um, and then anywhere that you get your podcasts, you can find it. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, it's all, all that, there. All that. Google Podcasts, a couple other ones I've never heard of. Um, yeah, everywhere. Happy days, brother. Yeah. Well, you've reached the ask it forward question, my friend. Okay. Um, I've got a question for you from my last guest. And Perfect. you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest, but I'm not okay. going to tell you who they are. Okay. So my last guest was Adam Moore, also known as Harold Apples. He's a designer out of Adolphus, uh, Kentucky. Specializes in print design, but also working at uh, Vector Easy. Okay. He wanted to ask you, and this ties in well, because you've got a little bit of a music uh, background here. Oh, cool. Um, What are you currently listening to? Oh. You know who I'm listening to? Uh, There's a band called Revolution. I don't know if you know them. I haven't heard of them. Uh, They're a reggae band. Um, okay. which I feel like is weird for designers. I feel like nobody no, really, dude, that's so dope. Is, yeah. So I, I've followed them for a long time. They're the first concert I went to, um, but they put out an album in 2018 and somehow I missed it. 
Yeah. So I haven't found it until now, but I'm telling you, bro, it, it, it slaps. It's a good album. So if you, if you want to listen to it, definitely check it out. It's revolution. It's like revolution, but with a B. That's awesome. So yeah. one of the questions I asked Adam after he told me that he wanted to ask that, I said, who could you, this guest list where you would go seriously? What oh no. The hell? <laughs> and he said, anything you hear on the radio, I don't want them to say. Oh, that's perfect. So you know you, what? You nailed it. I, I fixed my radio about two years ago after the radio function stopped working. And I think I've turned the radio on like three times. I like don't ever listen to the radio. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great, man. I love yeah. the answer. So then, Michael, what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest for you? Okay, here's my question. I thought hard about this. I had options and this feels like this will be interesting. What is the first design you ever created and what is the story behind it? I love it. Yeah, I, I think that'll that be one. interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Michael, I love that question. and You've reached the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. Thank awesome. you so much for your time. Thank you very much. I had a great time talking to you. All right, everybody. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you stopping by the Quickie Podcast and checking it out. Definitely go check out Michael's podcast, Creatively Brief. Leave him a rating. Leave him a review on Apple Podcasts. That's uh, how these shows get built, guys. So thank you so much for your time. See you tomorrow. Bye.